0: Sponsored by the Dunley ratdown local enterprise office. You're listening to Business Eye with Joe Dalton and Simon Hague.
1: And welcome to this week's Business Eye. Yes, another strange week. A lot of people are having lots of conversations with themselves or with the dog. Uh, I know myself, I'm going through a different process each and every week. My thoughts are changing. Some days I'm feeling good, some days I'm kind of pondering on what's going on. But in general, I feel very hopeful and I see the opportunities that will occur. I have a list of guests this week, people from all different businesses, giving their opinion on how they are coping, how their business are coping and how they're adjusting to the circumstances that we live in at the moment. And our first guest today is Miriam Simon. She is doing some amazing work at the moment. She has launched a, would it be a programmer, a system. She's run a webinar already and it's called Restart Retail. Miriam, are you there? I am. Hello.
2: Good morning.
1: Good morning. How are you? It's great to hear your voice. Great to hear your voice. You're always like a ray of sunshine every time I speak to you. Uh, And
2: it's a lovely sunny
1: day as well. Maybe where you are. Maybe where you are. (laughs) Yeah, it's a bit cloudy and overcast here, but it's uh, interesting times. And, you know, I'm, I'm watching the chatter that's going on in social media. I'm, I'm probably in, I'm observing and, you know, you're noticing the process that people are going through. Some days, some weeks are really positive, next weeks are quite low. So it's quite interesting to see the, what's going through people's minds on a week to week basis because it's changing every, every so often. Do you yeah. find that yourself as well?
2: Absolutely. Well, well, it can change several times a day. We're we're, we're on a very um, we're we're in very um, uncertain times that we've never charted before. Let's be honest.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. The one of the things um, which everything sort of came to a close. Everything stopped. That was it. We know now that the government is starting to prepare to see how we kickstart the country again. Um, they're already talking about you know what happens when we do release everybody back out into the population. Um, and one of the big things is retail. We know that a large amount of retails, nearly all retail has closed. We know that a, a large majority of retail has gone to the wall. There is, you know, some say they'll never open. Some are are kind of working on what they do. So you created, or you've 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 launched Restart Retail because that's what you specialize in. That's what your, you know, your your gift is to helping foot uh, footfall through the door and helping retail businesses to thrive. So I'll leave it to you. Tell me all about it.
2: Well, uh, prior to um, COVID nineteen. I had just finished a series of seminars about the future of retail and I had been talking very much around the future of retail being very much firstly going back to local retail because uh, ironically, I believe that we were coming to the end of a commuter culture. I didn't expect it to happen quite so instantly. (laughs) I didn't didn't expect it to be quite so instant, but I I, I felt that from an environmental point of view, we were coming to the end of a commuter culture, both environmentally and generationally. Kids don't... um, Understand that whole sitting in the car for ninety minutes unproductively thing. Yeah. Um, so that was going to happen anyway. But um, and I I think that what's happened with the pandemic is is these um, generational social changes are going to happen really really fast now. So we're going to see changes that we're probably going to come down the line in three to five years happening as we emerge out of this pandemic, which is going to be a long and. Um, very protracted process realistically for retailers. So, you know, I I reckon we're probably going to go through a period of, um, a very long period of of, where we'll go back into the containment phase and there'll be different levels of containment. So businesses will be able to trade a little bit and they'll have to adapt how they trade. The other thing um, I had spoken a lot about and um, the webinar that we did earlier this week was very much, is that the future is around uh, blended models. So, um, and the key one um, is digital. So, the, the businesses that would have traded without um, a digital presence—you know, they, there's no there's no way they can delay that anymore. They need the digital presence. Don't get me wrong; the store is going to still remain really critically important. But whereas it was the stores that were in the big cities that were important, it's going to be the local high street that the balance of power will go back to, because people are going to be craving. Uh, connection, and by that I mean proper connection, uh, almost like an emotional connection with with the places that they shop. They're going to want um, a sense of community again. So, local business, if, if, if it's ready, the time has never been so good. Unfortunately, for the big, it's the big guys that are going to bear the brunt of this. It's 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 actually the big guys that are going to feel the most pain here, and um, because there were some changes that were already in place, and this is going to speed up the pain that they were feeling. But if, if you're on a local high street in a local town and you have a good website, um, and a website doesn't cost a lot of money anymore. And um, can I also just say that if you're a retail business with employees under 10 people, you can go to your enterprise office and you can get a grant of 2.5K, which is enough to get your website up and running.
1: And it's only you only need to put up 10% on it as well. Yeah. So yeah, we, we
2: were yeah, speaking to the local to enterprise put, office yeah. last week on that. And, but if you're bigger than that, if you have over 10 employees, you can go to Enterprise Ireland, who will give you up to 40K towards the website. You only have to put up 20%. Yeah. So there's never been as much support. So I think it's really important to, to, to say that what we're going through at the moment, this is not like the 2008 crash. The, the closures that are happening, for the most part, have been requested and asked of people you
1: know, this is... Um, well, you look at Debenhams, who just basically, who, you know, pulled the plug and it was probably some of these large retail uh, units, this to them was maybe being a godsend, going, they, this was coming down the track and it has just speeded it up for them.
2: Yeah, I, I think what we're going to see, so um, it's very hard to explain in just a few minutes. What, what, um, when, in the olden days, I'm sounding like an old biddy now, it, back in the 90s, the the strategy for all of those big um, legacy retailers was about the race for space. Everybody wanted to be in every single market. So what you had was you had big businesses that were opening everywhere because they wanted brand saturation. So they wanted to have their brand in every single town, everywhere. And that meant that maybe a third of their estate was running at a loss. And that was okay. That was strategically, it was all about um, being everywhere and being the biggest. And then what happened as digitalization came in is we started to see that race for space sort of start to move in reverse, where um, the strategy for those big legacy retailers is now about fewer, bigger, better stores, because they're, they're realising that the, the move is towards customer experience, which... It's very different to service, I have to say. That's about um, how the customer emotionally connects.
1: Yeah, but here, here it is, I, I want to ask you, you're talking about, you know, people are going to be going back to community and going back to warehouse, or not warehouse, going back to their local high street. So the likes of Dundraery, the likes of, say, Dundrum, the likes of yeah. Bray, um, yeah. all these, you know, Wicklow Town, we're looking at all these locations. Does that mean then that, like the big retail parks, are going to suffer, or because they're close to a commuter belt, they still thrive?
2: Well, hopefully, they will still thrive. I, th- I think that the important thing to say here is people are not going to go um, back. People will want to go back, and people will shop locally. And there's a few there's a few key reasons, but but local retail needs to be ready for it, Joe. If if retail isn't you know, good retail is good retail and poor retail is poor retail. It doesn't matter what else is going on externally. But what I would say to you is you're going to have a situation here where we, you know, I I have said that the the commuter culture was going to end in the next three to five years. And there were a lot of reasons I was saying that that was going to happen. That's happened. That's a fact. So even as we come out of, uh, even when we go back into a containment phase and even as we come out of the pandemic, even if you fast forward two years here, Right. Um, because we're not going to go back to normal because uh, it's going to be a new normal. So I think that's the important thing. But most of these guys who thought you couldn't work remotely have discovered very quickly that you absolutely can. So I would say 75 to 80 percent of those people are not going to go back to adding three hours onto their day commuting.
1: Yeah, I agree that. It's, 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 I think it's one of the lessons that has been learned. You can function. It takes a while to get started on it, but uh, you can function um, because we are ver- as a human race, we are very resilient. Um, we are, and one of the things that I'm getting from it is possibly we won't need to commute. So you know, we don't need to spend those hours in the cars. That you know, Bob, John, Paul, Mary, Sue can can all work at home. What happens there is the city centres then will structure slightly different because. Maybe we don't need as many office blocks, but we need more proper housing. Even, I'm talking about to people who are living in apartments and going, do you know there's one thing this has learnt is that if I ever buy a house again and I'm in an or buy an apartment, I need to have a balcony. I'm stuck in four walls. So even the Absolutely. planning and everything from this will have to be to revalued. Be yeah, I
2: think if we have good people, Joe, who... If if we're really strategic about this and and we take a moment and think about what's happening and and good work goes into planning here, what we will see is we will see the city centres become more about the day out. Um, We're we're basically seeing things go back to the way they may have been many years ago. So we'll see the city centres as being the day out and being more about experience and events and showcase stuff. And then the high street, the local high street will become really, really important. And, and it's not just because of COVID and, and realising that we don't need to commute. You know, realistically, the, one of the things that has been highlighted here and one of the trends that this is going to also speed up is that awareness around carbon footprint and that awareness around, you know, um, our own personal as well as corporate responsibility, our own personal responsibility with carbon footprint. It's, that it's was sick. coming down the track that's going to be coming down the
1: track much faster it, now. it is because people were talking about it, but no one was doing anything about it. You know, everyone yeah. felt bad about the community, but in their day-to-day process, they weren't really doing anything. And I think this is shocked. Like I'm asking people, what have you learned to live without? You know, yeah. and people are discovering we can live without an awful lot. Um, you know, for ourselves at home, we we it's amazing what we're living without, um, and enjoying it with our with our family as well. And when it goes to the likes of planning and it goes to the likes, it's it's what I believe is it's you know asking questions and asking the right questions because when you ask enough questions and the right questions, that's when only things change. And the people that want to make the change do it not for their ego or what's in it for me. But are making decisions for the greater good. Period.
2: I totally agree, and there, there is the, like people's um, viewpoints and the the what people want is shifting. Now, I'm a retailer, and, and you know when I when I when I talk to other retailers, this is the bit that makes everybody's butt clench. There, there is a move, the move away from consumerism and towards sustainability is happening. Whether everybody wants it to or not, it's happening. And it's happening quickly. So the future of retail is going to be about blended models. So uh, I'm going to give you some examples. So first of all, there's the obvious blend. You need a store, you need a website, and you need social commerce. And and bear in mind, 60% of people now buy because they're influenced on social media. So you need all three to survive. Um, But then separate to that, we're going to start seeing more circular economy models come in and mix with um, traditional retail modelling. So you'll see a boutique and you'll go to the boutique, but the boutique will also have a vintage section where where you can buy pre-loved goods. You'll go to an electrical store and, and you know, you can buy your new washing machine, but you might actually, if you need um, a chocolate fountain, you'll rent it for four days. Yeah. You know, yeah. so we're going to go back to these blended models where we 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 use not buy a lot of product. We still want product, we still want to buy. We'll but it. You, it, the retailers that will survive will be the ones that that blend their models and give an aspect that is more circular economy mixed with the prime. Well, we
1: we came to throw away, you know, generation. Like I remember when our kettle broke, you're know, basically my father would go out and buy a new element. Yeah. And put a new element in in the kettle or you know now is if you if it's broke you just throw it out. So we just came. You know, plastic was there, and everything just it was, uh, it's out, throw it out, buy a new one. There's, there was no repairing. You know, the, the washing machine man would repair the washing machine. Now people just if something goes wrong with it, they throw it out.
2: That's, you know, I think we, we will see that reverse. Yeah. So if you think the electric screwdriver, so that was a real dad gift when I was growing up. Everybody bought their damn electric screwdriver. The average <laughs> use of an electric screwdriver over a 20-year period, it's about eight minutes. So it doesn't make sense for every household to own one. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but when so you, you, need, when when you have it you, it, you need it, you need it. No, but if you need it, you go to your local electrical shop and you you pay four quid and you borrow it for yeah. a weekend. Yeah. Do you know?
1: Yeah, no, I I um, I, I agree with a lot what you're saying and I think there is going to be, excuse <clears> me, <throat> big changes. I, I see...
2: It's, a, it's actually exciting. I, I, I think for... For the independent and for local retail, there has never, in in generations, there has never been as much opportunity as there is right now. And whilst it might not feel like that because everybody's sort of either partially trading or not trading, this is, you know, these are guys that are closer to their customers because they either open the business because they have a lot in common with their customers or they just spend so much time with their customers that they know who their customers are inside out. So there's never been a better opportunity to actually take a pause here and, and focus on your business and get yourself future fitted, so to
1: speak. But that's it. Everyone has fallen off the edge and everyone will climb back up. It's like a fresh start and you mm-hmm. have the choice either to embrace it and make the change or don't and be still in that, that free fall.
2: I, I agree. I think I think what's happening is a real leveler. Um it, it, you know, I think the important thing if you're a business is to remember that it's not just your business. This is this is across everybody, which is a real leveler. But it also means that there's going to be huge energy in getting everything moving again on the other side, so yeah. to speak. There's yeah. going to be huge support. So um, my, my advice would be don't wait to be told what to do. Definitely. Start thinking about what does this new world look like? and how can you be part of it yeah. and and you know how can you get ready now
1: yeah it's, it's based don't start planning to wait till this ends just start planning now that's it yeah, and, and on, I'm going to let you go I know you have to jump on a meeting now fairly soon and the other thing I think Brexit will be pushed out for a couple of years
2: do you know I, I miss Brexit because when that was our trauma <laughs> that was you know
1: that seemed like such a big deal at the time <laughs> yeah i think it'll be i think i think it'll be it's like I, I seen there that they were uh flying in charter planes um of fruit pickers from europe um into england to, to oh, get the harvest were, were. Yeah, yeah so it'll be interesting people Excuse can get me. you on linkedin do you want to give them their,
3: oh, your? oh yes
2: i'm miriam a simon on linkedin or my website is pto.ie www.pto.ie. But listen, wishing you all um, great health and good trading for the future. Definitely. Have a great day.
0: Take care. God bless. Bye bye. You're listening to Business Eye, sponsored by your local enterprise office in Dunleary Ratdown. Together, we're making
1: it happen. And my next guest is Grania Keller from the wonderful Airfield Estate in Drum, Grania is the CEO, and as we know, Airfield rely on you and me, the footfall to come in the door for them to keep going. However, I love what they are doing at the moment. They've sort of changed the sales while we prepare ourselves to get back to business in in the next couple of weeks. And um, I'm going to let Grania tell her story of how they're adapting to these strange times. Hi, Grania. How are you?
3: Hi Joe, how are you? I'm very good. How's life? Ah, sure, we're fine now. You're fine. Um, Hanging in there like everybody else, I think. Reinventing ourselves a little bit.
1: Yes, I love that you're the 2K radius. What a beautiful place around yourselves to have a 2K radius, to walk around out with no people. I say it's a blessing. (laughs)
3: No, well, funny enough, we're uh, obviously the gates are uh, shut to the public. Yes, Um, but it's 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 pretty much a hive of activity um, behind the scenes, observing social distancing. Of course, Um, we've managed to keep our team on the payroll at the moment. Um, And I suppose when we knew we were heading for for a closure, we decided to To think about the things that we could do that might help the local community, and um, very much in I suppose the way that the Overends would have done it in their time. Yeah. And um, so there's 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 been enough lot going on in their even though as I said, the gates are closed to the public. So we, we have the animals on site, obviously, which we continue to care for, and um, the cows have been milked every day. Our food growing continues. That's it. Um, we have about uh, one thousand three hundred meals. Uh, uh, leaving our kitchen every week, going to the needy and community.
1: Yeah, tell us about um, that. Tell us about that. What? What? Yeah. Because I know you just have the kitchen there, and just, you, you know, you you produce amazing food. I'm salivating here thinking about the amazing food that you produced and I can't wait for you to reopen again. But you've kind of went okay, we we've got this food, but unfortunately, we can't, you know, provide it through the kitchens, you know, for people. So you're helping the homeless, or you're helping needy people. Is that correct? Am I right in saying that?
3: That's right, Yeah. So we reached out um, just before we closed. We reached out to the the wider community in, in, um, I suppose, South County Dublin, really, through Dunleary Rathdown, and um, it took us a little bit to find find out where the need was, but uh, as I said, we're now producing 1,300 meals a week that are going to, I suppose, we're working with the DESH schools in the locality, and we're also working with a charity called Making Connections. Uh, that works with elderly people in, in the community. And uh, we're also working with the local uh, resource centres as well. And um, so really it is providing hot, wholesome, healthy meals to the needy in the community.
1: That's excellent. So um, that's
3: one of the things. That one we're of the things, so yes. Yeah, there's, there's, more, there's more. Go on, so tell, us, other, tell us. The other thing that we, we, we decided early on was we, I suppose, with a number of small producers, that typically would have supplied restaurants and obviously all the restaurants are closed and we have some supplies ourselves obviously coming from the farm and the garden. So we created these market boxes, which we put up for sale on our website on a Monday and people purchase them online. And then we have a drive-through system on a Friday. So you can drive up You have your order number on your window, Uh, we radio ahead the order number and then people drive through and they open the boot of their car with a press button, preferably, um, if they have that facility, and then we drop the box in the back and away they go. So last week I think we would have sold about 240 of those boxes. So they have all sorts of projects in it. I said we're 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 taking produce from um, smaller producers that wouldn't have a market for their produce anymore, and then some of our own produce as well.
1: That's brilliant because I even I know I jumped on and I tried to book some, and they were sold. So I was kind of going, okay, I'm going to catch that window the next time. So I love what you are doing there. I really really do. Yeah, um, and we
3: have a few more things as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: keep no, going. keep going. Um, I want to know.
3: Yeah, no, no, we have uh, two. Uh, uh, this be useful for the general public. We have two email addresses that we set up again early on to try and kinda of help people while they were at home. So one is called usefood at airfield.ie. So if you have any queries about food or recipes or wondering what to use uh, could do with some of the ingredients that you might have in your press or whatever it is you can email that email address and the guys will be able to help you and we also have a gardens at airfield.ie i think we've obviously had some nice weather i know people don't have access to the garden centers but you know this there's always plenty of maintenance that you can do in your garden so again if there was any queries about that or growing food and um, that people could email gardens at airfield.ie so we're getting a nice bit of traction on that as well and, and the last thing that we're doing is um we have a number of video clips and, uh, um, uh, yeah, well, video clips, I suppose, about crafts and stuff you could do at home and kind of keeping families and, and kids busy, food clips, recipes, um, you know, and clips from the garden and, and the farm as well, just to be, keep people connected to airfield um, while while obviously we're shut down. So they're going down really, really well. Um, so I, I, you know what the great thing about all this is that, well, first of all, I know the over sisters would be really proud and it's exactly what they would have done themselves. They would. Um, but also, it has been hugely positive for the team because we all know how much, how challenging what's happening at the moment is for everybody, <clears throat> obviously from a health perspective, but also from, uh, from a mental health perspective. And I think the mental health fallout will be significant. And um, so, so this has been fantastic for our team to be involved in this and be positive. And I have to say, we, I definitely feel we're getting the thumbs up from the Overend sisters. Yeah, um, I, 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 I really think they're shining down the on us. Yeah. I can't thank the team enough, how much they've
1: embraced Look, you know, I've I've a very warm spot for, you know, airfield. I've I've held a couple of events there. I, you know, I go up there with my family, with my kids. It's, you know, I only discovered a place maybe two, three years ago and my jaw dropped when I did and finding out the history behind it because it's like an oasis, um, especially in such a commercial part of, of Dublin as well with Dundrum. Um and the stuff that you're doing there, you know, we even the events that before this all kicked in and that you've run as well. How are they? How are you sort of your mindset towards when this is lifted? About you know, re greeting the population because I know people they're going to it's going to be a destination where people want to go. You know, they're sick of walking their two K and they we want to get to the place that they know well. How is it, how is it going to adapt to that?
3: Yeah, I suppose we, we, we don't um, – it, it's kind of hard to know at the moment. We don't have a date, and I think this is probably what everybody's struggling at. Nobody has a date when we're going to go back. And when we do go back, you know, what's that going to look like? Um, I do have a team working, kind of a, a person from each area of airfield, working together at the moment uh, on reimagining airfield with a two-metre distance. So so what would what would we have to do in every area of airfield – um, to be able to sort of facilitate that people can engage with airfield but, but maintain the social distance of, of, of um, two metres. Yeah, the social uh, distance. I, I, so I, I think that's here to stay until until we, we get to vaccine stage, I guess, I, you know, in some form.
1: I Yeah, I I, I don't think there it'll be, a, I, I, myself personally, I don't think there'll be a two metre distance when you get to that because we won't be able to function with most businesses. That means all, it's like pubs, Bars, everything will, will will not reopen again then, um, because they there's a lot of places that need <coughs> need small amounts.
4: Um, well, we
3: have space, so you know yeah, we're lucky. we're have eight acres, so we we, we that, I, I that's think not an issue for us. But I think you have to have in certain areas, whether it's the restaurant or whether it's the the retail or when we run the market, uh, the farmers market on a Friday. Um, you know when people attend the milking or the egg collection, all of those things, we will have to have certain protocols and, and procedures in place. I think they to will be to, yeah. to, to enable people to to observe the two meter meter distance if, I, that's, if that's what it is.
1: I'd say what eventually will happen then is that you know there'll be enough people that will have had it and will have got over it and it's you know that the pressure will be off the, our, our health system. And, you know, it's, it's you know, we, we don't know, but, you know, I, I hope that things change in the next couple of months that, um, and everything with will, something will, will happen or be better by the end of the summer anyway. But we're just speaking to someone there about retail beforehand and they're, they're, they're saying that, you know, this was coming down the track anyway, as in people were going to start shopping local. People are going to start getting back into the community. And with the COVID-19 yeah. coming along, it sort of just fast tracked everything as well.
2: I think
3: it has and I I think people people are talking about getting back to normal I'm of the view that I don't think we'll ever be going back to to normal as we knew it I I think we're in a transitionary phase
0: Um,
3: and I think we're all going to find a new way of working and a new way of being in in a strange kind of way I think it's time it's an opportunity to kind of press the reset button, if 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 we can call it that, and maybe rebuild. And, you know, for businesses to reflect on, on how we can start looking at sort of a triple bottom line yeah. rather than a single bottom line. So you're, when you're thinking about your business or your organisation, you're thinking about not just profit, but you're thinking about people uh, and planet as well. It's caring. Um, it's caring know, totally. It is in its yeah. community. Yeah. And, you know, I suppose I can't help thinking in one sense that, the planet is at peace at the moment and uh, people are on pause. So
1: I think that's the best way I can put it. Do you know, I'll I, I tell you this. I was down, just, I can see onto dorky Island from where, where I walked the dog and the sea, you could see the reflection of dorky Island in the sea. You know, there was no ripples, there was no boats, there was nothing. And the blue skies yesterday, and I just kinda and I'm listening to the boards and I'm just going, Isn't this amazing? This is truly There's amazing. A beauty
3: and serenity about it yeah, all right. But look, is. we know it's not real either. You know, it's not it's not all one thing or another. So oh, you know, look, life look, has look to what, go on what it, I'm getting it from it. And,
1: I tell you what I get from it is reflection, compassion. Gratitude and community are the four mm-hmm. things that I've learned from. it. and we're all going through a different process in life. And mm-hmm. you know, as we're you you we are learning to know ourselves a lot more now because of the quieting of the, the busyness has stopped. And yeah, I the think the noise the noise has
3: lifted. Yeah, you know, there's
1: there
4: are yeah.
3: certain things that have just become important to us, yeah, you know. And, and I, I thought they were is. always important to us but we didn't realise how important they yeah, if, yeah. if you think about it, for me it's family, friends. Family. Food freedom and health. You've that's got it. it after
1: that. <laughs> everything else is a bonus? Yeah, that's it. Let's groan you. Look, um I want to I I'm 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 my hat's off to what you're doing there. I'm I'm when I found out I kind of went brilliant because I, I, I thought you might have just cocoon, cocooned yourselves. Um but I'm delighted. Give us the web address if people want to reach out, if they want to order food with yourselves or want to find out about, you know, what they can, got in their press, what they can, you know, whip up. So give us a web so website, please. We
3: uh, airfield.ie and it's a i r f i e l die and the two email addresses that we have, if you have queries about food, it's use food so U-S-E-F-O-O-D at airfield.ie and the other one, if you have any queries in terms of gardening or food growing or whatever, it's gardens, G-A-R-D-E-N-S at airfield.ie.
1: Gronje Keller, thank you for coming on to Business Eye. Uh, really enjoyed the chat, and I can't wait till you've taken the chains off those doors. I'll be rushing in to see you. I'll be rushing in oh, to see We look, see
3: look us. forward to seeing you and everybody else back. <laughs> Take care. Thank you.
1: You're listening to Business
0: Eye, sponsored by your local enterprise office in Dunleary Ratdown. Together, we're making it happen.
1: And my next guest is Brian Walsh. Brian specialises in a software which helps our banks, our financial institutions and investments. Brian, are you there at the moment?
5: Hi, Joe. I'm doing pretty well. How are you?
1: I'm great, Brian. Brian, you got all your people to start working remotely. How is that working out for yourselves?
5: Yeah, no, I'm very happy with our team's response. Uh, so we're, we're a software company, a um, group of actuaries making software for banks and insurance companies, mostly in Dublin. And we've been fully remote since the 13th of March now. So no, I'm very happy with the team's response, the way that everyone stepped up and kind of mucked in with the way things work. And um, I think we're we're lucky enough in in some way that we are a software company and we're quite a lean company with a lot of cloud-based technology. So. You know, it's probably not as difficult for, for us to move remotely as it is for some of our
1: clients who are big brick and mortar banks and insurance companies. How do you think those big, you know, big, large organisations that are brick and mortar are going to adjust to what's going on at the moment? I know a lot of people even were speaking to our own banks or we're speaking, you know, you're speaking to telecom or whoever, and you're getting someone and they're from they're working from home. What's the mood out there and how they're adapting?
5: Yeah, I think there's a there's a variety, and um, it depends on how how much testing they had done in the past on on working remotely. I think a lot of these companies weren't uh, didn't have the facilities to uh, to to work remotely, to have 100 percent of their staff working remotely. So you know there were there were capacity issues at the at the beginning, particularly in the middle of March around VPN access, how many of the staff could work remotely. You know there was kind of rotas of sharing uh, VPN access time time slots, essentially, to, to get in. But I think, you know, that, that, that just kind of was a very short-term problem. And a, a lot of people now are starting to ramp up their facilities to, to enable a, a large majority of their staff working from home. So I think the, the response from the from the the financial financial service companies that we work with has been very positive, and I think for, from our perspective, like we we work on uh, you know largely projects with with these companies, and you know we have remote access into a lot of these companies to to continue working on the projects that we're doing with them. So from that side of things, like from a project perspective, uh, I'm finding that the projects that we're working on with those companies are still barreling on full steam ahead. So the, the capacity of those companies to continue to work on those projects hasn't really been diminished in any material way now. You know,
1: four weeks in. Someone asked me the other day, "With everybody working at home, it, will there be a strain on Wi-Fi in certain regions?"
5: Yeah, so it, it, I think the that that level of internet usage, is, you know, the kind of thing that you need to do VPN access, is nothing compared to the kind of bandwidth that's required to stream movies in HD on Netflix. So. I think if everyone if everyone working from home was, was just doing the day jobs that, that would be fine. I think the problem on infrastructure, on internet infrastructure, is more coming from the fact that people are watching YouTube and watching um, you know, what watching Netflix or doing video conferencing which are more bandwidth intensive, but just actually remoting into click the buttons and uh, and to have kind of VPN access into kind of jump boxes inside companies
1: is, is not very heavy from a bandwidth perspective. I think gaming polls, you know, that's really, you know, tests if, if you have every, if you had everyone in an apartment block or in a region of five miles and they were all gaming, you'd find some difficulties.
5: I'd say. Exactly. <laughs> I think the, the gaming has a lot to do with the lag as well, you know, so you, you need to make sure you're getting a fast response back and like an immediate response back rather than a, you know, huge amount
1: of data. Yeah. I'm interested because, you know, you're, you're, you're running in a successful business, you're, you know, you're running in projects and you do, your teams are working from home. What have you learned?
5: One of the things that I think is interesting, like there's a, there's a a view, I think that the majority of people have that there's an increase in friction on communication that has come from this. That you're not in the office with people and you can't just look at them and and ask them questions. And I think the view is that that's largely a negative thing, that that increase in friction on communication is a negative impact for businesses. And I actually think that it's an interesting experiment that increasing the friction of communication for knowledge workers is potentially a good thing. And and I think it's one of the positive things that might come out from this, in that if you're a knowledge worker and you're you're trying to solve problems, like we're building software, we're solving very complex problems. You need to spend time in deep thought, like you need to spend hours of concentrated time not getting interrupted by the other people in the office. Yeah. And if you're if you're in an open plan office, it's so easy to be distracted that to get that dedicated, deep thought is, is quite difficult. So, you know, rather than just looking at the increase in friction on communication, as a purely negative thing, that increase in friction on communication where it's not as easy to distract, to get distracted, is potentially actually a good thing for knowledge workers.
1: I would agree because you know it's it's like when you're trying to work something out it's like I always use the example if you try if you're if you're trying to make your go yourself go asleep, you won't go asleep but if exactly. you just relax, you'll fall asleep and that is the same about the creative mind um and one of the one of the things as well which just popped up while you were you were just um giving us your feedback there was there's analysis out there that people work maybe, they go in to do eight hours and out of the eight hours, they'll probably only work three hours, you know, between getting cups of coffee or getting water or checking their Facebook. Do you think people will work more now that they're at home?
5: I I think, unless you plan not to, I think it's very difficult to to not just kind of to, to blur those lines between your personal life, you know, you're in your house and you're you, you, if you're working, it's easy to just continue to work harder. And um, I also think that it's uh, easier to get caught into the trap of checking the communication protocols that you have. So if you're using Slack or Microsoft Teams or you're even just email, I think you need to focus to not just keep checking those things. That you know you're used to having that interaction with your coworkers much more frequently, and you shouldn't try and substitute that with just continually refreshing the email, continually looking at looking at slack and the other communication platforms so i think in in terms of both the number of hours but also in the way that you work and um, i think it, it's not natural to do that kind of deep focused work you, but you should try and do that and the same for meetings i think you know there's an awful lot of video conferencing as an on a lot of zoom calls and webex calls and, and those kind of things and i think if you don't plan uh, agendas uh, not planning agendas in person is bad but not planning agendas for video conferencing can be a lot worse because people are not used to having that communication and you can put people on the video conference and you can you can waste a lot of time doing that so i think kind of agenda planning and setting boundaries and having a dedicated place to work and in your house that's work only, is, are all positive things that you can yeah, do to limit
1: work. S- especially with the video, you have to set that agenda. You really yeah, do. No if, there's, if there's multiple people there and, you know, if someone wants to talk, there's a limit, you know, you have to give them a two-minute limit because, you know, you have to be mindful of everyone in, within that group then as well. Absolutely, absolutely. The future. What do you see the future being um, for your industry and or actually just in, in general, I'd love to know your opinion.
5: Yeah, it's a, you know, obviously predicting the future is, is, is difficult. I think um, in the medium term, it, is, it's hard to see, you know, so there's going to be a, a reduction in the restrictions at some point in the next three months. But it's hard to see our companies going to say, OK, well, everyone pile onto the dart or onto the bus and come into the office now on Monday morning. You know, I think I think everyone sees that sporting events and large events are not going to come back nearly as quickly as we were loosening the restrictions, but I don't know if public transport is going to ramp back up as quickly as people expect it to. You know, if restrictions are lifted, are you going to be back in the office on Monday morning um, and are companies going to ask their employees to to get on public transport um, in really close proximity to lots of other people um, in the next three months? I'm I'm not sure I'm not sure what the, I I think one of the the big effects is going to be how public transport
4: operates in the next.
1: Okay, I'll I'll throw this out to you. I was just saying it to someone there earlier but I'll throw this out to you pubs okay so we talk people might go up public transport and i'm in my office and i'm not now i don't i don't drink myself um the last time i was probably in a pub was i don't know before before christmas (laughs) so um pubs and we know that you know, we talk about people go, oh, I'm not getting on transport. I don't want to be office. But you open up a pub and they'll go in and have a drink, OK? Yeah. And then more people come in and then they'll get alcohol in them and then suddenly the pub will be packed and all this will be forgotten. And then they'll go, oh, well, that's it. And then they'll just go on with their normal life. There is where I'm sort of going, How, are, are pubs then never going to open or are people just going to just socialise and then get back into the work routine then as well?
5: Yeah, well, obviously, at some point, there is a, an immunity that will come along. You know, when 60% of people are immune, yeah. you know, yeah. there, there is a certain point. It's when does that happen and, and what opens up in the interim? And, you know, are, are folks going to open in the next three, six months? It's, it's, it's hard to see at the moment. But again, you know, what, what checks are going to come around, around vaccines and around um, antibody tests? You know, are you, you going to have a, a card, essentially, that says that I am immune? You know, I've, I've, had, I've had the disease already, and um, you know who, 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 who knows. There could really-
4: have
1: that for the flu as well? Then you know, it's it's. it's I, I I we will I say that the, we will know more about the virus and uh, the effects coming in in the next six months. Um, I know that it was you know we we did the right thing. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what happens. Like I know that the States want to, they want to kickstart the, the country right away. I know that, that England at one stage was looking at the herd mentality. So it'll be, see how the world re, reacts in the next couple of months. What I, I guess, from, what I get from myself is, Brian, is that I think people will be starting to be a bit more conscious about what they do and how they spend their money and where
5: they go. Definitely, in, in the short term anyway. Yeah. I, 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 I wouldn't be too bullish on, long-term impact happening, you know, beyond the 12-month mark from this, um, unless, you know, there. I think there. If there's a reversion to me that things will go back largely to the way they were in 12 months. Now, the destruction that might happen to businesses um, in those 12 months, there might be an awful lot of companies that will no longer be in business um, because of what happens in the next 12 months. But I think there will be a reversion to, to me after that, I think, real, the way yeah. people like interacting.
1: Brian, thank you for coming on the show. It was a pleasure talking to you. Uh, Brian, much, give us your web address there if people want to reach out to you or your your LinkedIn, if people want to connect with you on LinkedIn as well.
5: Yeah, so the company name is Rating Limited. That's dot dcom
1: And your LinkedIn?
5: Brian walks on LinkedIn.
1: Brian look you have a super weekend. Do you know you cut do, Joe. cut cut the grass again and again and again. <laughs>
5: very
1: good, very good. <laughs> and uh, look take care and we'll talk soon. Thank you.
0: Thank you. You're listening to Business Eye, sponsored by your local enterprise office in Dunleary Ratdown. Together we're making it
1: happen. My next guest on today's show is Joe Hayden. Joe is the managing director of Orchard Centre and Bailey Farm in South Wicklow in Tinahili, a place that I know so well. Joe, how are you?
4: I'm very well, Joe. Uh, It's a beautiful, uh, sunny spring morning down here in South County Wicklow, and uh, it's a good place to be, it's a good place to live, and it's a good place to work.
1: Joe, I've asked you to come on because there's two sides of the business that you want. One is the farm. And then one is the Orchard Centre. And the Orchard Centre was a place that relied for, it was events, so social gatherings, weddings, team building days. We've had some large multinational companies call down and spend time with yourselves as well. So you have a big conference area. And then you have the farm. And let's work on the conference area first. How has that affected you? I know it's a silly question, but this, you got to slap in the face and I'm sure your positivity went right Gives us time to paint.
4: The positivity is still high, Joe. Um, it's not the first time that uh, we have um, endured, um, you know, a kind of a shutdown. Uh, the Orchard Centre has been operating with Irish companies and organisations for over 20 years. And, you know, we have seen it all. We have seen nine eleven. We have seen the foot and mouth crisis. We have seen the economic crash uh, just over ten years ago. So look, we we have had that, as you call that slap in the face, before. Now, obviously, we've had nothing quite as serious as this. But thankfully, we ourselves, as a company, you know, we're in a really strong position, uh, and we will weather this. And I suppose we're quite busy ourselves here at the moment, just developing new ideas, new concepts uh, to help us work with uh, our existing clients and hopefully new clients when things open up again, because there's going to be a great need in the economic sector uh, to get teams re-energized, rebuilt, refocused. And we want to be ready to go the minute that happens. So we've been very busy, started putting together programs, templates and, uh, you know, and some new exciting ideas that we think will play a vital role for so many when we get things going again.
1: It's interesting that you said there about the foot and mouth. And it was right, the farming community, it all came to a halt many years ago when the foot and mouth came in. So you are probably better equipped to be dealing with something like this than the rest of our population.
4: Yeah, we are. We're very resilient. And, you know, for people like ourselves who are involved in the day to day business of managing animal health, um, you know, things like viruses and other things, you know, it's, it's, uh, You know, it it is part of daily life. It's managing that. And as many of our listeners will know, in Ireland, we really are seen uh, to be the forefront, globally to the forefront of animal health and welfare. And uh, I suppose we can identify with this particular uh, COVID-19 crisis. Uh, we, We know how it works and we can, I suppose, very easily adapt to issues now like social distancing. I know it's much easier when you're down on a farm and that out with, or to keep away from other people. But you know, we understand what it is to protect others, whether it's ourselves or whether it's our animals on the farm. When it comes to these challenges,
1: with with the orchard centre as well, if, if people you know go on, we'd give out a web address. Then at the end, like it's a massive facility. Like it's it's you know you've got the big conference room. You know, as I say, you've got the you've the big barn there as well, and you've got other other facilities as well. The companies that have basically, who are meant to be running events now, who have put them on hold, when have they sort of rescheduled? Or when do you see things evolving and getting back to business in in some way?
4: Well, so it will get it will get back, uh, and it really is a question of when. And I can't accurately answer that. But what we have experienced here was when uh, this first became a very real issue in our country, we had our clients who were rescheduling for August of September. Now uh, we're sort of looking at some of those people moving it out to October and November because we can, we operate all year round, yeah. you know. But certainly there are challenges there. But I think really what's going to happen is is that the minute you know the minute the things start opening up over over a gradual period of time, that's when we're going to see our clients saying, "Well, look, now we know we can plan effectively." These are the dates that we're looking at. And we will at that stage then start, I suppose, what is a collaborative process with our clients looking at, you know, what their needs are, what has changed, you know, through this crisis, and how can we help them rebuild their companies, rebuild their brands.
1: What have you learned from it yourself, Joe?
4: I've learned from it, Joe, that uh, life is full of surprises, uh, that in business you need to be resilient, Um I think you can never take anything for granted and um, we like so many companies in this country have seen a great uh, growth in our in our business over in particular over the past two to three years things have come back very good for us but we can't take that for granted so we have to build I suppose, a very resilient and robust business ourselves we have continued to invest significantly in our own company and in our own people and uh, we hope that you know that will stand well to us and as I said to you earlier you know we are busy now we are active now engaging you know with our clients you know listening to their stories trying to identify with their needs and starting to formulate a process you know that will allow us to in some significant way you know help them get back on their feet and be successful again
1: yeah, I think it's all about you know collaboration now and listening to your customers, you know, community. Um, I think you play a big you'll play a big role in that. I think there will be a lot of people having a lot of parties. Um,
4: I, I think they will, you know, and you know, life is about about living. I think a lot of people have been in lockdown, serious lockdown in their own homes, uh, you know, for for a number of weeks, and there's still a bit of time to go on this. And what we have here down at at the Orchard Centre in Wrightsloe is that we have this, we have this wonderful, wonderful space. Is a space a meeting space that uh, lends our clients to to have very creative events and um, it's also a very private space and it allows them to be you know and i think that's what so many people have learned about this crisis they're going to learn so much about themselves you know so the dynamics of what we do and how we do it and how we interact with our clients is also going to change and the great thing about the Irish people is that we're great people to talk we're great listeners we're great collaborators so I think once the break is taken off we, we, we will be good to go and what I will be saying to uh, anybody listening Joe out there is you know, you know at any stage pick up the phone go onto our website you know, talk to us. Uh, let's just put some ideas out there and let us even at this stage begin a process, you know, that will help them get back on their feet as soon as possible.
1: Definitely, definitely. And I, I look forward to visiting yourselves as well. Joe, tell me, um, where can people, if they want to, I know you have some amazing videos as well of the location as well and what you offer. Where, what's the web address there?
4: So the web address is Orchardcenter.ie it's quite an extensive website. It will take you through our facilities, our different types of programs. It'll show you our meeting space. And as you rightly said, there are some excellent videos there, which in, even in their own right are highly entertaining. And I think they'll give people a very good sense of who we are, where we are, and indeed what we do and what we have to offer. And what we have to offer is a very diverse menu of programs and activities. You know, but all of them are tinted with a little bit of fun. Yes. That's really important thing. Fun, fun, fun. And we create a reflective space, you know, that gives companies and our clients that opportunity to express themselves, to learn from each other and to go forward from this very difficult time in our country's history.
1: Yes, it's uh, it'll be studied in the history books. It'll be studied. It will in indeed. It will indeed.
4: And we hope that we are part of the good side of that history. Yes,
1: you, I'd say, Joe, it's a pleasure having you on uh, Business Eye here. Thank you very much. Um, we will uh, we will hope to uh, see you soon. And uh, look, God bless. And uh, yes, it's all about fun, laughter, and joy. Fun, laughter, thank and joy. You,
4: thank you so much, Joe, and uh, to you and all those listening you know take care and hopefully we will meet you and some of your and some of your listeners soon.
0: Thank you. You're listening to Business Eye, sponsored by your local enterprise office in Dunleary Ratdown. Together, we're making it happen.
1: And my final guest of today is Matthew Gorge. Matthew is the CEO of VG Trust. Matthew, you would be the expert in IT security and risk management. And I want to ask you a question. Firstly, how are you?
6: I'm very good, Joe. Thank you for asking. Um, it's uh, unprecedented times for everyone. And I think everybody's uh, um, adapting very quickly. Um, so we're doing well at VG Trust. We're all working from home. Uh, and we're continuing to work with our clients worldwide. Um, we use the, the software that we provide called VG1. Which essentially allows clients to prepare for, validate, and manage ongoing compliance with the likes of GDPR, PCI, and other regulations around data privacy.
1: And there's the one thing that with everybody now working from home, and you know, people were dialing in with VPNs or they're they're using the likes of software, log me in software. Security has come very important, and probably that companies may be more at risk to be hacked. Um, or their data to be going a different direction. Are companies aware of this now, or is it just are they just trying to get their people up and running, and they haven't even thought about it?
6: So I think it depends on 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 the size of the companies and whether they had any type of remote working procedure or facility before. Um, if you think of any standard organisation in in Ireland or worldwide. Um, Some people will have been working away from home uh, and and maybe traveling, and they may have been trained, and the company would have put in place the right security levels, so as you said, VPN, uh, strong authentication, additional security levels to access core systems and key data. The challenge right now, though, is that um, most organizations end up with 95%, sometimes 100% of people working from home, and they may or may not have been made aware of the risks. They may or may not have been made aware of the policies and procedures. And on top of that, hackers don't take a holiday and they actually see the crisis as as an opportunity. So we've seen like a new ransomware attacks. Uh, We've seen people hijacking conferencing systems. Uh, We've seen people essentially um, creating new scams against people that work from home and and haven't been trained. And I think the, 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 the key challenge for organizations is to provide that training as fast as possible and provide their, their employees, uh, remote workers, with a, a safe working environment that really allows them to protect the data as if they were based in, in the office.
1: But, but is it a fact that a lot, of people, a lot of hackers and all can't get in unless you give them authorization? You know, you click that wrong link that you're not aware of, or you share your, your password details with people. Is it as simple as just a bit of cop on?
6: Well, I mean, yes, common sense will help, um, certainly will help. Um, however, some of the attacks are extremely sophisticated um, and some of the new phishing attacks or uh, the, the attacks against key executives or managers that might have additional privileges to, to, uh, to get onto systems, they've become extremely, extremely well done. So it might look like you're receiving an email from me as the CEO, but unless you're made aware of the fact that those scams exist, you might actually say, oh, the CEO wants me to do something, wants me to provide them with access to your system. I will actually provide access to the system. But to your point, about top on, yes, of course, if the CEO rarely asks you to do something directly, well, you should be, you, sh- you know, alarm bells should go off really quickly. And that's why training is key. Now, 15 minutes of good training against phishing and those attacks will, will actually do the job. And that can be done, ironically, remotely through, through e-learning.
1: So so, if if the CEO rings up someone and says they want to transfer, you know, a quarter of a million into their private bank account, you should raise an eyebrow.
6: <laughs> Absolutely, I mean anything that's out of the ordinary uh, should should raise a, a stronger alarm bell right now. And um, bear in mind that it's all about risk surface, right? So uh, traditionally, your risk surface was your internal network, your your cloud exposure, and maybe twenty percent of the workforce working from home or, or traveling. Nowadays, the risk surface has actually increased tremendously because everybody's working from home. And then the, the additional issue is that some people are actually having to work from home using their own systems, you know, their own laptops, their own desktops that are not necessarily approved by the company, where we don't necessarily know if there's antivirus, anti-ransomware, is there a firewall. Um, and so the attack surface has, has increased and, and also include uh, assets that even the, the best IT teams can't actually Connect to because they don't actually have the the right systems to do that. So we're also seeing people um, dropping laptops to to their to their staff um, so that they can be managed by the company. And it's actually something we'd encourage. If you can't do that, you should certainly provide a checklist to your to your users so that they can check that they have the right security systems on on, on their own on their own devices. And then finally, uh, looking post crisis. Um, if people are going to go back to the office or if they're gonna to continue to work from home y- you need to think about how you're going to secure that extended ecosystem moving forward not just during the crisis but also after
1: the crisis I see that like the likes on LinkedIn or the likes of the likes of Facebook there's a lot of cloning where people will you know clone themselves especially on Facebook and then try and connect with with other people that are friends with that person I know that that Facebook has has counteracted that with you know, giving you a notification that this person is already a friend of yours. So that they're always one step behind, you know, what's going on. And we're always trying to work on new fixes or new software to, to catch these hackers out. What is the one thing that, you know, people that are listening here today that, you know, maybe are working from home themselves or may have a small a small business with three or four people working at home? What advice can you offer them?
6: Well, I suppose the first thing is to, to use common sense, as we already discussed. Uh, the second one is to raise your awareness levels um, because your, your risk surface has increased. You're, you're more of a target than you were before, so you need to be more careful. Um, there are simple things that you can do, um, securing your email, uh, making sure that uh, if you accept somebody new on LinkedIn or, or Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or whatever, that you actually use your own kind of security checklist, making sure that anything that looks out of the ordinary is actually scrutinized a little bit better. Um, there's a lot of, of very good advice that's available from uh, many uh, many sources that are actually free of charge. There's also training that's being delivered by a number of organizations, uh, especially through e-learning. And now is actually a good time to essentially... Um, update your your security skills levels. Um as I said before, you know, if you invest anywhere between 15 minutes and an hour now in upskilling the cybersecurity knowledge, it's a it's a great investment and it will actually pay off not not just now but but on on um on a on a future basis
1: as well. How do you see things when we move from being locked down do you see that you know more people will stay working from home? What's, what, what do you see the future being in, in tech?
6: Yeah, it's a great question, So I think that um, we're going to realize that some of the meetings we used to have could have been an email, and we're also going to see a number of people um, asking to continue to work from home, maybe not fully from home, because they'll, be, they'll have been missing the, the, the human interaction, but that perhaps they discover that some of the work that they do at home, they do it in a more productive way. Um, and so m- my guess is that certainly from a, a VG Trans perspective, right now we're 100% remote. And I would suspect that at, at the end of the crisis, it will more than likely be 50% instead of the 25% that we were before the crisis. Um, but the, the silver lining here is productivity, I think, yeah. um, because we'll find that some organizations will, will become much more agile and much more focused because they've had to re-engineer the way they work. Um, so if there's a silver lining to, to this crisis from, a, from a, an operations perspective, it is probably productivity. Um, with that said, I, I would urge people to make sure that they, they start planning for the, the, the lockdown being being finished and that they, they also make sure that they promote the right policies and procedures for cybersecurity, for remote working, um, and that they'll certainly look at all of their IT assets, and get rid of the ones that they no longer need, make sure that they have a transition plan for data that is company data that normally would have been a big no-no to use on, on, on personal devices. And now we need to make sure that that data is actually disposed of securely. And there's going to be a transition path there as well for um, for people that have been working from home.
1: Brilliant, brilliant, Matthew. Thank you for coming on to Business Eye. If people want to reach out yourself, where can they find you on LinkedIn? Or if they want they to can just find
6: check- me on, on LinkedIn, Matthew Gorge. Your surname is Matthew M A T H I E U and Gorge G O R G E. Or they can uh, certainly contact us at VG Trust www.vgtrust.com Thank you again Joe
1: Matthew thank you it's a pleasure and there you have it folks this is another week of Business Eye wrapping up I hope you enjoyed the show we will be back on next week with another selection of guests until then have a super weekend be safe and look after yourself and just want to say thank you from myself and our team here at Dublin South FM until then take care God bless and have a super super week